0: hi everyone it's sam nft statistics and this is your proof daily nft countdown lots to talk about let's get right into it going to talk about d gods again frank just keeps coming up a little bit about exchanges and a couple nice hard sales let's get right into it volume's pretty flat versus yesterday uh market share seems to be drifting a little bit back toward our and i think that's mainly just because there's been a bit less airdrop farming going on so blurs volume has gone down a fair bit unique buyers uh down a little bit from yesterday still kind of in that lower tier versus before a couple weeks ago Uh, i talked yesterday about how flip returns were positive for three days in a row largely because of nakamigos as well as other side uh today or yesterday we had a down day uh just by a slight bit but traders generally lost money yesterday a couple people asked me to extend this chart a little bit further back so i did that what you can see here is traders you know back in august 2021 when visa bought their punk when Things were, you know, when apes started ripping, as well as in the beginning of 2022. Like in those days, traders were making 5,000 ETH a day, like complete and total bull market. And then ever since then, I'd say over the past year, it's been much smaller amounts, as well as, you know, a bit more negative than positive. You can see also that that day where uh, Amando and OSF, where they dumped their their apes, that day was actually one of the worst days that we've ever had for traders because the people who absorbed them ended up losing a lot of money on that. In terms of prices yesterday, prices were pretty much flat on the large cap index. A little bit of strength in World of Women and Moonbirds. Mid cap index was up 3.8%. The reason was a bunch of strong performers, mainly the Jack Butcher ecosystem, Opepin Edition and VV Checks, both up 20 to 30%. Here's a quick look at that Opepin Edition chart. You know, it just kind of keeps dripping. It got down to 0.3 ETH. Now we're back up above 0.5 ETH. And then this is VV checks. These are the ones that have not yet been burned. So I have a little bit of option value back up around one ETH. Uh, Trump digital playing cards, figured I'd single these out. Saw a bit of a rally yesterday. I thought this was kind of funny. Why the rally? Well, because Donald Trump got indicted by the Manhattan grand jury. So I, I think what's kind of interesting here is, you know, for Donald Trump, the people who are buying these, the people who are supporting him, the people who think Donald Trump's going to get on Twitter someday and talk about these cards. Yeah. You know, to them, like they don't they're not upset about a grand jury that's that's kind of what they're against so they see that as an opportunity to go by kind of good news or bad news it seems like people want to buy these cards in terms of art projects five projects did more than 10 eth of volume uh going to talk about a few of those sales this one in the upper left was an anti-cyclone sale for 24 eth this is a really nice sale you know we've been talking but a lot of sales are below floor well, this was not that. This was actually you know, well above floor. I think the reason is it doesn't really have that grid. It's just kind of a, a one grid situation. A little bit of a goofy anticyclone, but a really cool one. So congrats to the buyer and seller there. And then other pieces, uh, you know, Gazers for 15.1 ETH. It seems like Gazers have been trading a little bit in this 15 to 16 ETH range. You have a Meridian in the lower left that traded for 8.4 ETH. And then a squiggle, this traded on for 9.45 ETH, but this was traded on looks rare. And this is a frozen one on OpenSea. Now, we've seen on other platforms that no one seems to care about whether an asset is frozen on OpenSea or not. Perhaps it means a little bit more on art blocks because they're not tradable on Blur yet. So maybe people, you know, still see a little bit of, of, of deduction when it comes to those. You know, 9.45 ETH is well below where the other squiggles traded yesterday, which were all between 10 and 11 ETH. I also wanted to touch on the Escher launches because we talked about these yesterday. How do they end up going? All of them really traded up. Again, these are additions. Escher is focused on kind of being a place that can assemble additions in one location. So you can see them all for one artist. They had these three specific proprietary ones just to their platform that they launched yesterday. You can see that all three of them, the Pop Wonder one went from 0.15 to 0.26. This one, the middle went from 0.36 to about 0.9 ETH. And the last one uh, doubled. So congrats to the buyers and sellers there. Second story to talk about, D-Gods are going to ETH. You know, we've known this for a while, but they announced it yesterday. There's a little bit more interesting stuff to this announcement, so I wanted to include it in here. A couple things. One is that gas costs are going to be free. Two, they said that royalties on ETH are going to be 0.33%. Now, there's a couple reasons this is pretty interesting. That is a very low royalty, and it's lower than the required royalty for everybody. So this is going to be one of the cheapest NFTs to trade blur is their official partner also pretty interesting we'll touch on that and if you migrate within a day you have a chance to win a btc a bitcoin d god we know those are trading you know i think like in the 15 eth range something like that so interesting to see as far as a little bit of my take on this one is you know magic eden recently moved to ETH, and frank decided to go with blur and not magic eden who has kind of been his partner basically ever since the beginning they've kind of grown the ETH, the solana ecosystem together I thought this was kind of interesting, but not surprising. You know, Frank wants to be all in on ETH. He's shown that he wants to be the biggest collection on ETH. He's talked about it. You know, he he. So it's not surprising he's going with the project with the platform that has the most volume on ETH. I was think value wise, they've largely been in alignment. I mean, Frank was one of the first founders to say that he was going to zero royalties on some of his projects when he thought it was an inav- inevitable. You know, Blur has really kind of been a little bit about it has to be you know tradable on chain in order to work and so I, I kind of see some value alignment between Blur and and Frank in general, uh, and the royalties of 0.33%. Not only does it make it cheaper than all the other projects, it actually makes it cheaper to trade on Blur than an OpenSea. The reason is that OpenSea, if your royalty is below 0.5%, royalty or OpenSea charges 0.5%. And the reason for that is because a lot of people, and I see this a ton in the data. You know, if you have zero percent would start a zero percent royalty project and then just trade with themselves, get it to the top of the leaderboard, top of the trending board, zero cost, made it very easy for inorganic volume to pop up on OpenSea. Uh, so they said, okay, if zero percent royalty, we're still gonna charge half one percent. But in the case of of Frank, you know, this makes blur cheaper actually than trading on open So that's kind of interesting and crafty on their part. You know, as far as volume I I put this chart together. This is volume uh between blur and open of NFTs that have traded. 3 ETH or higher so if all trades at 3 ETH or higher you can see you know it's like 85 percent over the past week on blowers so again makes sense that he wanted to go there looking a little bit at d gods you know they're coming to ETH. let's have a look at this project you can see that that blue line is their floor price completely mooned on the back of this announcement you know obviously people knowing they're coming to ETH, it's gotten people excited but it went up even higher from something like 650 to 790 solana uh that pink line is the u.s dollar floor price so in u.s dollar terms kind of around the mid area of where they've traded but that's not that bad considering that Solana has gone from $300 to $20 so interesting to see that here are a few of the D gods that have sold for the highest prices and yeah, I guess that's 7,700 so based on current exchange rates that's around 100 ETH next thing to talk about a couple new ETH exchanges so I'm going to double down on talking about Magic Eden because they also announced a couple cool things let's get right into it then we'll talk a bit about art blogs they said they're testing out an ETH marketplace I'm kind of like no do we need more marketplaces in ETH do we need them Let's see. Here they go. They decided to do it. They say they're launching next month with 10 partners. Now, an interesting thing about Magic Eden is one of the ways they've supported the soul ecosystem has been by also being a launchpad for new projects. So they're, I think, going to be using that launchpad functionality to launch 10 new projects. It's something that OpenSea has been doing recently. These projects didn't jump out at me as massive ones, but Kaiju Kings, Crypto Ninja, those are two at least I've heard of. Uh, so maybe we'll be seeing new mints from them next month. Not entirely sure. I did go on to Magic Eden and tried to just explore the the platform, see how good it is. Right now, there's really not much supply. You can see Nakamigos, you know, there's one at 0.3, one at 0.35, so really very little liquidity. They're pulling from X2, Y2 and looks rare, though. It doesn't seem like their aggregator is pulling from Seaport or from Blur, so that kind of explains. It looks like all these here are from X2, Y2. I looked at Dower Darsos, my favorite collection, and you can see that those, you know, they have one at 0.2, one at 0.5, but that's because they're only pulling from looks rare, so... You know i imagine they say it's just early beta they're really doing it essentially next month so we'll see what happens there they also announced that they're launching diamonds and diamonds is a reward system where they're basically you know it's basically like trying to match what blur is doing and reward holders a couple of interesting things here one is that they're rewarding listings and bids same thing as blur is doing you know if you the blur just rewards you for listing your nfts and for bidding. the interesting here thing with with magic Eden, which is different is they're only going to reward you if your bid gets taken by someone or if you, if your bid gets, it, it, basically if you end up trading, you know, so if you put in a bid and someone ends up accepting it, that's when they're going to reward you, which I think is different from Blur, where you basically reward it uh, just for having that bid there and no one accepting it. Uh, another thing, they're going to give loyalty to people who've been around for six months, try to, try to reward their, their whales uh, and the diamonds, it's differing, you know, it gets you allow list, launchpad access and other degen things devil emoji their words not not mine they're also doing it only on solana now a couple of things that i find really interesting here is one everyone is chasing blur and the reason is you just can't compete it's very hard to compete when everybody knows they can get free money from trading on blur but not elsewhere i think this bid offers thing that being what's rewarded is interesting they're using the loyalty terminology same thing as blur but i think that the difference and i think this is where it's very hard for anyone else to compete is that blur has a 1.6 billion market cap Okay, and because they have a $1.6 billion in the market cap, they can give people real free money. Uh, and that's what makes them unique and gives them this competitive advantage that others don't have. I think that regulatory is holding back something like Magic Eden. Magic Eden doesn't want to force you to check a box that says you're not based in the U.S. when you're based in the U.S. Magic, Magic Eden cares a little bit more about the legal framework. It's one of those interesting things it's almost like if you're willing to not be so buttoned up on the regulatory you end up getting this massive competitive advantage i worked at uber yeah we had similar things there i've seen this i've seen this model in action it can work really well but i think that's working for blur Rain now uh oh yeah one more exchange to talk about artblocks said that they are also creating an exchange in response to diminishing the enforcement of creator royalties a little bit about it they say security authenticity and royalties those are the key things. Security, you know it's safe. Authenticity, you know you're getting unofficial art blocks. And royalties, you know, of course, they want to continue to reward holders of, they want to continue to reward their artists. Here is a picture of what their exchange looks like. You know, it's basically just the art blocks uh, website that we're used to. Now you have prices on the NFTs. Now I thought this was kind of interesting. When they enforce royalties, so what these two what these two pictures are side by side, that left one is OpenSea. That right one is art blocks page. And what you can see is there's this one that I've circled in both sides. And on the left, it's 4.5 e. On the right, it's 4.815 e. Now, at our, on on our blocks, they're pulling from OpenSea, but they are seeing this is a seller who has decided not to enforce royalties, and we are going to put royalties in. If you just look at the OpenSea page as a buyer, you don't know where royalties are being enforced and where they're not. But now, looking at these two side by side. Artblocks is going to take the ones that are not enforcing royalties and enforce them for you. So as a buyer, you know that royalties are being enforced there. You know on the ones like that, the floor one at four Heath, that that seller is clearly enforcing royalties on OpenSea. So it's the same price on both platforms. Why are they doing this? If you look at royalties over the past few months, the average royalty on Open or on Artblocks has gone from seven point five percent to a little bit more than 2%. So it's down about two thirds. This is what percentage of sales are at full royalty. And you can see that right now it's only 25%. So our plush royalties have really gone down. They're trying to combat it. I always, and my view is basically if people wanted to pay royalties, they still can on OpenSea, you know? So I don't know if, if this is gonna make a huge difference, but I do think uh, that idea, you know, that giving a little bit of, of visibility to the buyers into what they're doing, maybe there's something there. Last thing to talk about, a few notable sales. The first, Spear boombox azuki number 5070 sold for one hundred eighty nine 189.690 actually I think this is a male spirit azuki uh, i think this is actually a pretty cheap price relative to where spirits have been this is common, you know all on across nfts uh you know grails have gone down a little bit these are the top four spirit azuki's of all time you can see four sales at 249 or higher and i think that this boombox a red background makes it make it pretty interesting so interesting deal there uh, next thing, there were three pilot helmet sales in CryptoPunks for ninety-eight, a hundred, basically, and a hundred ten ETH. Now, I've been in punks for a long time, so I think this is particularly interesting. Pilot helmet is actually one of the rarest traits of the traits that are not zo- zombies, apes, or or aliens. This is the third most rare trait, only behind beanies and chokers. It tended to be a grail back in the day, and I think this chart's kind of cool. If you look, this is the historic floor price of pilot helmet and uh, punks versus the CryptoPunk floor. You can see it used to trade like a 3, 4X, even 7, 8X premium. Like the CryptoPunk community used to really value a lot of these rare female traits. That was like a really kind of grail NFT within that collection. Over time, and certainly over the past year, as ape owners, as DGens have gotten more in NFTs, yeah, you know, and, and most of the buyers tend to be male, a lot of people have been wanting just the NFTs that look like them. And there's been a big, a much more of a priority for male NFTs that look like DGENs as opposed to a lot of these female NFTs. So a lot of the Grail female NFTs have gone down in, in relative premium. And I think that's been an interesting thing to track. Last thing to talk about, one quick super rare sale I wanted to touch on, Magnetic Truth by King Xerox. This is a, for 5 ETH, picture of Ethereum and all these kind of DGENs kind of falling right into it. King Xerox has a lot of art that really kind of is quite cynical and pokes fun at the crypto industry, but particularly the NFT industry. This one on the left, it sold for six ETH. I believe this is, I can't remember the title, but it's basically someone instructing people on how to make money as as an NFT artist. Uh, A few of these other sales, you know, from 11 ETH to 14.7 ETH and 8.1 ETH. He's had a bunch of nice sales. I think we're seeing this a lot where a lot of these artists who've had huge sales are seeing these prices a little bit lower right now, just in line with the fact that NFTs haven't been selling as well, but still nice to see a five e sale for him. So congrats to him as well as the buyer. Here are a bunch of the additions. If you like this work or just want to explore, he does have some additions, which are pretty interesting. That's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you have a great weekend. Like this or give us a like below. Tell give us a comment if you have something to say, anything you want us to hear. Subscribe to the channel. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great week.